Alrighty, hello again everyone and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the third day of July 2023. It's almost July 4th. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. And actually I recorded this on Saturday when I was on the radio. As I will have most of tomorrow's show too. Although I'm on the radio today from 3 to 6 again and God knows what I'll do there. So if you want to tune in there, check it out. But this uh, was a pretty good show, just talking about the news that happened at the end of the week that I didn't get a chance to get to, except for in the Week in F and Review, which you should be subscribed to at patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. I, um, first, before we get to I went and saw today, this afternoon, at a, like a one thirty showing, the wife and kids and I went and saw Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I, I, I had expectations through the floor. I'd seen all the weird, and I don't get it. I liked the movie, okay? I, I really liked the movie. I think I'm, I'm thinking about going to see it again at some point this week. It's, it's, a good, it's, it's an Indiana Jones movie. It's way better than The Crystal Skull. It's way better than Temple of Doom. I thought Temple of Doom was bad. I think it's on par with The Last Crusade. I really do. The Raiders of the Lost Ark is in a class by itself, but Last Crusade was great. This movie's great. Really enjoyed it. They de-aged Harrison Ford for flashback scenes, and they did a great job of it. That part was... And the whole thing was, like, super... It just reminds you of the good times and the action sequences and things and the fight in the Nazis from Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's an excellent movie. If you're so inclined and you didn't go see it because you heard bad things, don't believe the non-hype. There's something wrong with society today that looks at something and just goes let's crap all over it and it became the little movie reviewers who don't get they're probably not alive when indiana jones came out they're probably 22 years old and they just sit there and whine and piss and moan about things and they have to dislike it it's he's too old and too white and blah 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 and i was afraid there was going to be some pcbs messages in it and they're going to make oh the the Phoebe Mueller Stahl or whatever the hell her name is, uh, into uh, like a feminist icon, and oh, uh, they're gonna have some me- some PC mess. It was none of that. It's just a damn good movie. So if you didn't go because you thought, oh, reviews are bad, I liked Indiana Jones, but I don't know, this looks terrible. It, it's wrong. It's just wrong. It's a good good time. And I, I'll go see it again. I will go see it again. So there's that. All right. Let's just get on with the show so you can get on with the grilling or whatever the hell it is you do on the day before Independence Day. Am I right? I'm right. Of course I am. So here we go. Action-packed program for you, as always. I'm looking at the news today. We'll get into the uh, decisions of the Supreme Court in the past week. Those were the big, big stories of the past week. But there's something that's it's not really under the radar. It's just not getting as much attention as possible. And it's really kind of difficult to figure out. Honestly, they uh, it tells you something about a story if the media doesn't make the, the, the facts behind it readily available and easy to follow. I'm talking about the riots across France. I'm trying to figure out now the guy, we only know the first name of the guy who was killed, Nahel, I think, N-H, 
or N-A-H-E-L, Nahel, Nahil, whatever it is. 17-year-old killed during a traffic stop. That's about all I can find on this. It's really bizarre to find. You can't find information. Like, I want to know what happened. There's a video, but Twitter's screwed up, so you can't search for that. And the video, you just see stills from it, so you have a description to go off of from the media. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily believe that because, well, they're the media, and they suck. He's a young black Muslim kid immigrant who was shot by police that's it and that's enough for some people that's enough for some people to go absolutely crazy and go this is an outrageous this is an injustice we must in fact take to the streets everywhere the left is the left is the left geography is just location it doesn't matter there are people who are conditioned in a pavlovian way to immediately go and do whatever they're told. The hive mind does not need orders. So I promise you right now that some BLM Antifa goons from over here are taking a moment from burning Portland or various parts of Wisconsin or maybe the uh, area around the police training facility down in Georgia, and they are on their way over to France. It's like a vacation. Actually, if we had a good FBI, a real FBI, who's was interested in protecting the American people, be a good time to kind of see where these people are getting their money from you know you build a pretty strong rico case against these people because i don't know i mean a lot of them have trust funds from mommy and daddy but a lot of them also uh, get they they uh they have their patrons if you will the wealthy leftists who insist on Funding these people, flying these people around, bailing them out, doing whatever, you know. They are their own personal brown shirt army. They're the Democratic Party, and there are people who fund them. But it's weird that, A, you're not hearing more about this case, and B, you're supposed to care. Now, that sounds pretty cold-hearted, right? What are you, Derek, you meanie, you don't care about the. I, I don't. I don't know the facts of it. I can't find the facts of it. There are. I'm sure there are stories out there with them, but once you get two, three days into this story, you have thousands of stories written about it. The narrative has taken over, and nobody bothers to reiterate the facts, and I don't have time to dig through 28 pages of Google results to try and find the story that sparked this all. I just know that when the left is mobilized, my I-don't-give-a-damn gene kicks in overdrive because they want you to care so much but it's weird they care so deeply and they lose sleep another young black man loses their life to the hands of police meanwhile how many people are going to be shot this weekend in chicago when it's all said and done when we get through the holiday probably over a hundred probably over a hundred will will any single one of them ever be reported on no we won't even know their their first name or their last name. They don't matter. Occasionally, if a real young child is shot, the media will do a good pearl clutch and go, oh, can you believe they, uh, a, a child was shot? There's always you know, a child was shot in Chicago. Not really um, explaining what that is or who did it or where or whatever. You know, there's no interest in that. Like, huh. That's weird. Like the gun was roaming around the south side of Chicago shooting people. 
No description of the, the suspect. Police are looking for a biped. Well, if you can't say biped, because what about people with one or no legs? You know, the human. What if they don't identify as a human? We cannot, we cannot give an accurate description of somebody because that would involve their skin color. That would demonize whole communities. So we kiss the police are on the lookout for somebody who did something. Can't tell you who, can't tell you what they look like. Good luck to you. Oh, yeah, that sounds sounds good, doesn't it? This story in the New York Times about what's going on over in Florida or in, uh, in France kind of says it all. The headline, this is again the New York Times for an American audience, not a French audience. At funeral for Nahel M. near Paris, anguish, anger, and racial tensions. Anger? Anguish? Anguish? You can think it's sad that a 17-year-old got killed. Every 17-year-old that gets killed is a horrible, sad thing for their family and for the lost potential of that person. A lot of them are committing crimes. It's not like they're just walking down the street minding their own business. There's nothing more dangerous or dumber than a 17-year-old male of any color. I can say that as a former 17-year-old male. The fact that any of us lived through that time period is amazing. But anguish? Why are so many people in France feeling anguish? over the death, tragic as it may be, and you can have tragedy without feeling the sense of anguish. Anguish is like a a sense of just crushing sadness. Anyway, you never met the guy. Maybe I'm cold-hearted, but it's, it's not something I look at and go, this is just filling me with absolute anguish. So the subheadline in the New York Times, for many in the crowd, including hundreds who could not fit in the mosque to mourn the teenager killed by police, his story felt familiar. Now, how could for, for hundreds of people who couldn't even fit into the mosque, presumably hundreds of people could fit in the mosque, lots of people, how is it that their story, their story felt familiar? Were they, too, shot by police and killed during a traffic stop? Seems unlikely, since this isn't a story reported by the Psychic Friends Network, it's by the New York Times. I get the concept of feeling badly for the family, but anguish takes it to a new level. That is the conditioning of the left. And the left is the left is the left. Geography is just location. It doesn't matter. Their objectives are the same globally wherever they are. They want you to care. They want you to identify with somebody. They want you to feel for somebody, to be like somebody, whatever it is that they want. The bastardization wholesale of the word community is what this is a part of. What do I mean by that? We're going to hear from various members of the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ alphabet mafia community in a bit, and they are a perfect example. So is BLM and Antifa. They would like you to care more about somebody who shares a characteristic, an irrelevant characteristic, that has nothing to do with who you are as a person, but an irrelevant characteristic with you. Somebody who shares an irrelevant characteristic with you, they live 3,000, 5,000, 8,000 miles away, anywhere on the planet. It doesn't matter. 
They want you to identify with that person because of their skin color, their sexual orientation, the type of sex they have, whatever sort of gender delusions they, they foist upon themselves and try to force upon others, whatever it is. They want you to identify with them because you share this irrelevant characteristic more so than you care about your neighbor. All right? If you're gay, living in Washington, D.C., and there's a gay guy in Seattle, gets beat up horribly because they're gay. doesn't really happen all that often, but, you know, you can tell. And what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, let's talk about uh, the 303 creative case in uh, that just uh, said that the Supreme Court just decided on that free speech, you don't have to serve somebody if that service violates your deeply held religious beliefs. Justice Sotomayor, in her dissent, cited the murder of Matthew Shepard, St. Matthew Shepard, holy hallowed be thy name, as examples of homophobia. First of all, that's what, 20 years ago now? If you have to go back that deep in the Wayback Machine, kind of tells you something that it's not maybe as prevalent as, as some people would have you believe. But also, when you go back to something like a Matthew Shepard murder, and you go, that's an example of homophobia to show that we haven't advanced at all. Yeah, also showing your ignorance because Matthew Shepard was killed over a drug deal gone bad by uh, one of the two guys who killed him was a former lover of Matthew Shepard. So it's hardly uh, something you would classify as homophobia, right? After after he killed Matthew Shepard, did he then kick his own ass and train him to the fence too? No. It's about a meth deal going bad, but they don't want you to know that. And if you repeat a lie often enough and long enough and earnestly enough, the lie becomes reality. They'd much rather a gay person in Virginia or Maryland or D.C. on the East Coast identify with a gay person out in California much more closely than they would a straight person two houses down from them. A straight person two houses down from them is a much more immediate threat to anybody's safety if something horrible happens to them. So somebody gets beat up in their front lawn two houses down from you, that's much more of a realistic threat if that person isn't caught than a quote-unquote hate crime committed 3,000 miles away. But there's no sense of that community. I'll sound all get off my lawny and old manny right now, but when I was a kid, community meant your neighborhood, your area. My parents were my parents, right? But every one of my friend's parents knew that you know if I did something and they caught us, they had the phone number to my parents. They were going to hear about it, vice versa. So whenever you'd find like a pack of firecrackers and a book of matches or you occasionally, like I said, young boys are the dumbest things on the planet, you're riding your bikes around 10, 15 years old, 10 to 15 years old, you find matches or lighter and you decide to light stuff on fire, you bottle rockets, you launch them up, you... Do everything you can to get somewhere where nobody's going to see you. Because you don't even know. It doesn't even matter. You might not know the person who it is. They don't have any kids. They're 75 years old. You have no idea what their name is. They barely ever look out their window. But if they catch you, they're calling your parents. So you got to be super secretive about this. That was the community. The community made sure that we didn't all destroy ourselves. Now it's not that way. 
Now it's not that way. I know a couple of my neighbors. That's it. There's no real sense of community here. They try to build it, but they don't. The left has no interest in it. They want you to identify more closely with somebody because of their skin color, because of their sexual orientation. Why? Because then you can be mobilized. You can be outraged. You can be a victim by proxy. Somebody who doesn't look like you, doesn't have the same sexual orientation as you, whatever, down the street, something bad happens to them. It's like, oh, that's sad. That's too bad for them. But if somebody you are conditioned to identify with, you'll never meet, by the way, you'll never meet these people. You'll never know they exist, except in this context. If something horrible happens to them, then it can be followed up with, and it could happen to you. You're next. Here's the worst case scenario. And we are the thin, deep red communist line that prevents this from happening to you. But we can only continue to do this and hold those evil conservatives at bay if you continue to vote for us. So they scare the hell out of you. They condition you down to believe that everybody's out to get you except for members of your community. And they've got you. They've got you. It's not just tactics in the United States. This is what's happening over in Europe. This is what's happening anywhere where there is diversity to be celebrated. Because they don't actually celebrate diversity. They weaponize diversity. If you really want people to get along, you go, hey, we got a whole lot in common. Let's not focus on the things we don't have in common. Let's kind of be glad that we have a lot of things in common and maybe we can get along and kind of, I don't know, be friends with that stuff because of those things. How does that help Democrats? It doesn't. So that isn't allowed to be focused on. Celebrate diversity or else. This New York Times story about the riots in France, is, and you'll hear it, it's riots, protests and riots, and there's looting. I've been mad in my life. I've been really mad in my life, but I've never been... I, it never occurred to me that to channel that anger into taking a giant TV from Best Buy. You know, in the name of justice, I need to get a nice big flat screen there. I, get, I could use a new computer, so and I'm going to have to get that soon. But uh, never occurred. Can there be some kind of injustice maybe near an Apple store before they lock everything up in their vaults? Just saying. Uh, the New York Times story for two hours in a, a mo- in a mood of anguish and anger. In a mood of anguish and anger? Hundreds of members of a large French Muslim community lined up outside the Ibn Badis Mosque in Nenetarir, or whatever. I don't, I don't speak French. To mourn a teenager, one of their own, fatally shot by a police officer at a traffic stop. One of their own. See, again, the community. Did any of these people know them? Did anybody, did anybody know these people? Did anybody know this kid? Just because he shares your religion or your skin color, is he supposed to, oh, no, I can't possibly function, no. Well, we know that's not the case because BLM never batted an eye at the carnage of Chicago. They didn't. They made sure not to buy any of their mansions anywhere near Chicago, but they didn't bat an eye about it. They didn't really care about it. 
Colin Kaepernick has not set up shop in Chicago, youth outreach, to make sure that uh, the carnage stops there because he cares so deeply about members of his own community. No, no, no. See, everything is situational with the left. Can they use it? Can they use it? Division is useful to the left. Something everybody can get behind, they don't even bother with. You know, hey, stop killing people. It's a horrible thing. A lot of young people. Maybe we should start, look, I don't know, giving kids hope. Like if you start looking down at the root causes of why the South Side of Chicago in particular is a killing field in the 21st century, you would then have to, because there's no other way around it, you'd have to address the fact of generations of failed progressive democratic politics. You'd just have to. You'd have to bring up, look into the failed educational system, the political machine down there, all of which is controlled by Democrats. You think Democrats want to do that? They don't care. They've grown accustomed to stepping over dead bodies on the ground to express outrage over something that happens in Wisconsin or something that happens someplace else. It's weird. Lori Lightfoot there. Baby Yoda, the former mayor, she was quick to condemn what was going on elsewhere if it fit the liberal narrative. The liberal narrative, they have a higher... See, the left-wing media has a hierarchy of victimhood, like a food pyramid. Um, up at the top, it's if it's an attractive white... Uh, celebrities, of course, trump everything. Then it's if it's an attractive white girl. Whether she's the victim or the perp, it doesn't matter. You got the woman who was charged with murder in Italy. She is good looking, so they went crazy about that. You got the Natalie Holloways of the world. They go crazy. You got that one uh, woman, the girl that was horribly murdered by her boyfriend out west, and then he ended up killing himself down in Florida. The media went crazy with that because she was a trans. Good visuals. Look, look, we can show you a lot of pictures of this cute white girl. And it's really funny as you watch these people and you get the Joy Reads of the world going, I'm going to do a 20-minute monologue about how the media is obsessed over the missing white girl and how they're ignoring missing black and brown girls. And you sit there and you go, you have a TV show that's on for an hour every single day and you've never once mentioned any of these things. If you care... Do something about it. But they don't. They just like to peacock. They like to virtue signal. They prance around the stage like they're Mick Jagger out in front going, "Ah, this is horrible. Why why is it society only pays attention to white girls? What about these indigenous girls who are missing? Okay. How about instead of just paying lip service to them, you, I don't know, do a, a daily segment. If that's too much, do a weekly segment. I mean, if you care as much as you pretend as much as you demand that we acknowledge you care, it would be a daily segment. Hell, it would be the whole point of your show. But, you know, doing lip service even occasionally would be a little bit more, certainly less hypocritical, but they don't. They don't care. They don't care. But there's anguish. Anguish. The New York Times is writing this not to report that you need to know that there's anguish in this community. There probably isn't. A bunch of activists showed up to feign anguish. It's the social event of the season. There's an opportunity to fundraise, to grow your email list, to grow your political strength. So they're there. Just like the George Floyd funerals, the three memorial services for a junkie, an absentee father who, if the Father of the Year award were something, they'd have given... If George Floyd identified as a woman, he would have won Sportsman of the Year for Sports Illustrated. ESPN would have named an award after him. Because he could do no wrong. 
Except, you know, that he did a lot of drugs, absentee father, didn't live anywhere near his kid, not a particularly good person, held a gun to the head of a pregnant woman. I mean, all those... <laughs> Allegedly, like, I heard that he might have made an adult film as well. But, hey, who are we to judge? We can't judge him. The man's a saint. Somebody painted a mural of him on the side of a building. A 20-year-old killed by a stray bullet in the south side of Chicago you couldn't name to save your life. But let's all remember that we should all go get tattoos of George Floyd's name forever and ever and ever and ever. That's what we're dealing with. Like I say, this is just happening in France. But that's just geography. So the New York Times continues here in this story. The shooting of Nihil M. took place on Tuesday followed by four nights of violent rioting in major French cities. And and now, that's again, it's the American model. It's the progressive model in cities across France. Not just where the shooting occurred, but everywhere. Why? Because people are conditioned to identify with somebody they never met, would never meet, couldn't pick out of a lineup, wouldn't give a damn about if they were on the street begging for a, not a franc anymore, but a euro. They... Please help. Like, no, leave me alone. Sacre bleu. Wouldn't help him at all. Just like George Floyd. Again, back to the George Floyd thing. Al Sharpton went to three memorial services. He spoke at at least two of them. He was a hero, George Floyd was. You had a thought that uh, George Floyd had saved Al Al Sharpton's life in Nam. Never met the guy. If Al Sharpton had given a single damn about George Floyd or anybody like George Floyd, there's a pretty good chance George Floyd wouldn't have been a junkie out on the street, right? At that, it might not have resisted arrest, might not have had multiple times the amount of fatal fentanyl in his system at the time of his arrest if, if Al Sharpton had come down from the National Action Network to be around George Floyd or even somebody like George Floyd. But that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. It's almost like it's all for show. It's really easy to claim to care when you don't have to. When, when it's all over but the legal settlement with the city, it's really easy to pretend to give a damn. Especially if they're hoping they're going to break something off, a little something for Al, right? Ben Crump comes in, probably share a private jet. We're going to get you just, It's a tap-in putt, Ben. I'm pretty sure Matlock could score the family $15 million, all right? They're just going to write a big check, but you're there to get your beak wet. And there's Al right behind you. Hoping to get just a little splash. It's a little taste. But don't worry. Even if he doesn't get a direct splash, the National Action Network will fundraise off of it and a couple of photos. You can tell somebody's genuinely mourning somebody the way they tweet out photographs of them with grieving family members they've never met before and will never speak to again. Right? And uh, Really, it's, it's super hot right now. So let's get that picture out there and we can maybe embed a link in it to the donation page. (sighs) Geography is all it is. Uh, Let's see. uh, Nothing suggested any return to Combe as the young man's funeral unfolded. His uncle, flanked by friends and security agents employed by the mosque, isn't that nice, yelled abuse at anyone trying to film the proceedings. There were scuffles. As it look, I've been to many funerals in my life, and it's not really a genuine community mourning event unless somebody almost gets stabbed. Am I right? That's why we have a strict no-kebab policy at any memorial service I attend. 
just don't want to deal with it. Why, why arm people? People already bring their own stuff. The police were nowhere to be seen after 45,000 officers had been deployed overnight to confront the tide of rage provoked by a shooting at close range not far from the mosque that was caught on video. Now, was it the rage? Was the rage spontaneous or was the rage conditioned? Was the rage useful? It would have been a dangerous provocation for any uniformed French police officers to appear. No. That's, again, that's the mindset of the left. The police are provoking this. It's very weird. You can't look at, uh, you can't do what the left does in any other circumstance in the world. A police officer does something. I don't know if it was justified or not. I don't know if it was an accident or not. I honestly don't care. I don't know anybody involved. It's on the other side of the planet. Whatever. I promise you, though, that somebody who does look like me was killed by French police at some point in the past, whatever, six months. And hear one word about it. And hear one word about it. I wouldn't have cared then either. But I didn't hear one word about it. I didn't even have a chance to be passionately indifferent about that. But this is who left the police. One police officer does something. Same thing here in this country. All police officers are the problem. In fact, policing, the concept of policing is the problem. How the hell is that the problem? How is that the problem? With George Floyd, it was resisting arrest. With most, most cases in the United States anyway, it's resisting arrest. Thousands of people are arrested every single day. Not one of them goes for the cop's gun and they all end up being okay. You go for the cop's gun or you refuse to put your hands behind your back or what once the cops decide to arrest you, they're not gonna go, All right, put your hands behind your back and you go, No. Like, what do you mean no? I'm not gonna comply, I refuse to go peacefully. And the cops not gonna sit there and you know, pick at their beard and go, you know what? Fine, go. Just go. That's not gonna happen. You've just steeled their resolve. As it should be. You're supposed to comply with police officers. Suppose if you comply with police officers before they get to the point of arresting you, there's a good possibility they won't arrest you unless, of course, you're breaking the law, which, again, brings back everything to don't break the law. The easiest way to not deal with police officers, and I've had interactions with the police officers when I wasn't breaking the law, and, you know, passengers and being pulled over in somebody else's car, that could have gone either way. They didn't, but they could have. It was uh, one cop in particular. He kind of, he did say he would do something to me if I ever said whatever. I gave him attitude. I, I was not sweet and innocent, to be honest with you. But without interacting with police, I've never had any interactions with police, right? Don't break the law. Don't be around people who break the law. And the odds of you encountering police decrease significantly you could always be you know a victim of crime or a witness to crime or what have you but uh, you know you could have pleasant interactions earlier today we were at a community event there were police there i didn't run from them i didn't throw rocks at them i nodded at them as we walked past one another i don't know him he don't know me but hey how's it going i appreciate that you exist all you got to do is not fight and your odds of surviving an encounter with a police officer increase exponentially. I don't know what happened in France. They don't really say what happened in France. 
But the fact that they don't say what happened in France leads me to fill in gaps, leads me to be just a little bit suspicious about what went on in France. For Ahmed Jamati, I don't know how to pronounce that, but that's as good as it's going to get, 58. It was a familiar story. The police lied, he said, alluding to initial news media reports that the young man had plowed into officers. I don't know if that's police. It sounds an awful lot like bad journalism. How many times in this country have the first few hours or first day of reporting been proven to be wildly wrong? Right? Uh, they would have gotten away with it, he said, but for the appearance of the apparently incriminating video that went viral. Quote, the government always uh, protects the police. A state within the state, he said. They say this guy could be AOC. Tension is so high that President Emmanuel Macron announced that he would postpone a state visit to Germany. That was to have begun Sunday. More than 1,300 people were arrested during the four night uh, nights of ter- fourth night of turmoil, violence, and looting on Friday when the mosque, a modern building with unhappy palm and olive trees in front. I don't know what the hell. How's a tree unhappy? That's the word they use. Uh, was full. About 200 men left outside formed rows of... Wait a second. Men? Where are the women? Aren't the women allowed to mourn? Aren't the women allowed inside to... I'm probably not allowed to ask those questions. Laid their hats and motorbike helmets and bags and mats in front of them and uh, prostrated themselves. They rose to their feet and dropped to their knees as the sound of prayer rose from the mosque. It sounds like police may have killed inadvertently, accidentally, or on purpose, whatever it is, whatever the justice system shakes out, the single most popular and important human being in all of the French Muslim community. Truth is, what, 3% of these people maybe knew this kid and could pick him out of a lineup, have any idea what the last name is? If they cared so much, imagine the good they could have done for this kid while they were alive. If they cared so much, imagine the good they could do for the 1,300 people who've been arrested in riots and looting, in the name of justice, of course. Nobody supports looting for the sake of looting. It's only when it's for justice. So remember, if you're ever arrested shoplifting at a Target or a Walmart, you say, but I'm doing this for George Floyd's memory. And I don't quote me on this. You probably want to consult an attorney, but I think you get it. I think they give you more money. Not really sure. Probably not. Engraved in a school behind the long line of Muslim men who waited was <clears throat> the Enlightenment motto adopted by the revolutionary French Republic, liberty, equality, fraternity. There was a consensus in the crowd. If Nahel M., a French citizen of Algerian and Moroccan descent, had been white rather than Arab, he would not have been killed. This deeply held belief was based upon absolutely nothing. But it doesn't have to be, because liberalism is a religion. It's just a deeply held faith. There was anger at all too frequent slurs. Quote, my name is Msaya. You 
S A M A H, said one man. So, of course, my high school teacher would joke that I was bin Laden. She thought it was funny. Okay, maybe it's Osama, but it's a different way of spelling it. She thought it was funny. Uh, okay, yeah, that's exactly like being shot to death. It's the same thing. My God, are you okay? Should we rush you to a hospital? A joke at your expense? Do we not, do people in France not know you're not allowed to joke at anybody's expense anymore? I don't know, they must have missed that. Somebody get that memo to France really quickly. There was resignation. To be Arab or black, even with a French passport, was often to be made to feel second class. Made to feel sec- feel second class. By who? If you're French, you're French, right? Who makes you feel second class? It's always the left political leaders to tell people they're second class. Tell you can't get ahead. Don't try. You're screwed. System's rigged. Society's out to get you. Is there? We've gone from inspirational words of Martin Luther King to shut up, learn your place, you're never going to get ahead words of Barack Obama. Yet somehow Barack Obama is looked at as an inspirational leader. I want to thank Barack Obama for this award, of not winning an award. It, uh, it, I didn't realize the system was rigged against me until I heard a guy who... Born and raised in Hawaii, his father wanted nothing to do with him, but he's really kind of weirdly obsessed with his dad. And his mom kind of liked him a little bit for a while, but then she said, screw it. She went off chasing a guy around the world and left him with uh, his parents. And uh, he went from, you know, modest means, somehow mysteriously able to attend the most expensive private school in the entire state of Hawaii, can't like don't mention Frank Marshall Davis. Don't ask questions about how Barack Obama did that. And even still, while he's in this prestigious high school, oppressed probably. I mean, let's be honest; it's a horrible, horrible, oppressive thing, especially in Hawaii, where you know, they're not uh, white people aren't the majority, but somehow still managed to oppress everybody by not living there. Uh, from there, he just spent all his time in high school smoking weed with the Chum Gang being an average student at best by his own admission, and somehow still managed to get into three, count them, three of the top universities in the entire world. Didn't make a single friend, apparently, because nobody who went to college with him really uh, is ever interviewed. No friends at all. Wrote one of, his autobi- one of his three autobiographies so far about a girl friend who did wasn't real she's just a conglomeration but he is oppressed he told me that i could never get ahead he made it to be president of the united states would that we should all be as oppressed as him am i right this is the mentality the left instills in people because it's useful for them it's evil to everybody who believes it but it's useful for them now we come to another favorite part in this new york times story just as we wrap this up soon but this is a quote Somebody, when an Arab dies at the hands of police without a video, that's the end of the story, said Taha Buhafs, I don't know, B-O-U-H-A-F-S. I'm not only uh, dyslexic, I'm an American. I only speak French in an accent to mock the French and what I learned in songs. It says It's an activist who has been working with Nahel's family to bring attention to the shooting. 
Yeah, because nobody would have heard about it otherwise. It bring attention to the shooting. He said, now, what's amazing is that when an Arab dies at the hands of police without a video, that's the end of the story. One would think the New York Times would follow that up with saying, and here's a whole handful of examples of just such a thing occurring. Or, even crazier still, here's just one, right? Here's, here's at least one. We just declared this happens all the time and nobody gives a damn because nobody filmed it. Well, we got, we got an example. Not offered. Not offered. He just said he's in said he's in contact with labor unions and human rights organizations in the hope of organizing a general strike against racism and police violence later this month. Everything old is new again. It's their greatest hits. They're breaking it out. This is what the left does. Oh, we've got to uh, protest against police violence. Is it prevalent? I don't. Sh- it is. It is. You got any proof? Ugh. That's 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 the wrong question to ask a leftist. Fatma uh, Woody, a digital marketer of Tunisian descent, aged 26, stood outside the mosque for hours. Why? Be, quote, because Nahil was young, because he was Arab, because I live here, because I work here. Okay. There you go. There's the identity politics the left drills into people. He is a Pavlovian product. He doesn't know it. Why are you here? Because that person could be me. Why could it be you? What if that person was a drug dealer? What if that person was, was trying to kill police? What if that person did so? What, what, you you got a job. Could that be you? Would you, if there I don't know, but would you have resisted arrest? George Floyd could have been me. Don't George Floyd couldn't have been me. First of all, I wouldn't have smoked a bunch of meth or heroin or fentanyl or whatever it was that he was he was taking, that he was high on. I wouldn't have done that. Secondly, I wouldn't have fought my arrest. I wouldn't have been arrested in the first place, but if it came down to that, I'd go, all right, I'm going to go with you. Because it's much easier. You've got guns and you're not going to take no for an answer. So, you know, you'll call in as many people as it takes to put my hands behind my back and I'm going to ultimately lose. So you have to be really high to believe that you could overpower five, six police officers on top of being really stupid. I like to think of myself as neither. So I would go along with it. That would, again, increase my rate of survival to near 100%. She said she had not been able to stop herself thinking about something similar happening to her and finding herself without family, her parents are in Tunisia, and at a loss. Her mother just called with warnings to stay home and be careful. Quote, they are afraid, she said. This again is the constant indoctrination of the left. This is how they work. On everything, they always present the worst case scenario and then try and spin it as it could be you. It could be you. Prescription drug prices are too high. Here's a grandmother who eats cat food because she can't afford her prescription drugs. And the implication there is use could be you. One wrong pill and this will be you. And you scare the hell out of people. They never mention the fact that somebody should probably tell grandma eat nine lives. I mean, yeah, you got a nice shiny coat. But the pharmaceutical companies do have programs to help people who can't afford their drugs there's no money at all in 
dead people that give away a ton of money in their prescription drugs. It's pretty easy to find out about it. Plus, your doctor can, I don't know, get samples. There's all sorts of options for that that don't involve you eating Fancy Feast. Or the rich Democrats dragging you out there, I don't know, could cut a check to you or something like that. But no, they never do that. Human beings are props to the left. They're inconveniences most of the time, but they're also chess pieces, always pawns to be able to be manipulated around. It's divide to conquer. What's going on in France is a perfect example, but it's just one example. It's just the latest example. It's just the current example. There are countless examples here in the United States. There will be countless more. And in the process of between one and the other, there will be endless numbers of people whose lives will be lost tragically in ways that aren't helpful to the left and will therefore be ignored because they're gross people. It's the easiest and most accurate way to put it. Shift gears now to uh, Joe Biden's really bad week. It's not been a good week for Joe Biden. Couldn't happen to a more deserving guy. But it has not been a good week. He overpromised and underdelivered on student loans. The left is clamoring to make sure that he does not get labeled with that. But he promised and he didn't deliver. Kind of weird, right? He's, I'll give you this. We'll do this. I can do it. I have the absolute authority to. No, I don't have the authority. Everybody knew he didn't have the authority. In fact, he knew he didn't have the authority. But it didn't stop him from doing it. Why? Because, well, Democrats got through the midterms, didn't they? Democrats got through the midterms, and now he's got the stick back with the carrot on. He's got the carrots tied back on the end of the stick. He's good to go. The carrot is, don't worry, yeah, I didn't, couldn't give you student loan forgiveness before, but I got a new plan to get student loan forgiveness. It's going to take a while. I suspect it's going to take right through the end of next year. So you better elect me, because this time... I'm for serious. This time it'll absolutely positively be cool. It'll be all right. You'll you'll get your money this time. Not next time. Not last time. Don't worry about those evil Republicans. Vote against them and I'll guarantee. That's how it works. That's how it works. Also, affirmative action was overturned. The concept of merit is now being returned to the American society. Not for long these universities have already announced plans to get around things, to get around the concept of merit. Because again, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Democrats can't allow merit to be in existence. They can't. It's the antithesis of everything that they want. We have, you know, as Sonia Sotomayor wrote about, we have protected classes in the United States, protected groups in the United States. You go, wait a second, how do we have protect you. How is it that some people are more equal than others? Why is it that some people get special treatment and special consideration in anything, in any way, shape, or form? Why is that? How is that? And it's because it serves Democrats' purposes. That's all. It's just pretty simple. I mean, you always look for a complicated thing. You go, this can't be. What could possibly be the explanation for this? It's always the basic thing. It's always the basic. It's like, yeah, no, this helps Democrats. That's why. Hurts the country, though. Yeah, but what are you going to do? The country sometimes deserves to be hurt, as long as it's in service of Democrats 
or so they'll say. They won't say out public, but that's basically what they mean. So they got rid of affirmative action, and they'll find new ways to implement it because the alternative would be to, I don't know, raise the standards of education for young black and brown children out there. And implicit in Democrats' arguments against that concept is their firm belief that most black people can't do it. They aren't smart enough. They don't have the capacity, as uh, was it Al Campanis famously got fired from the Los Angeles Dodgers for saying that blacks didn't have the mental capacity, maybe, to manage. Now, Al Campanis was painted as a horrible, horrible racist for that, even though he was integral in bringing Jesse uh, or Jackie Robinson to the league and you know, nobody really thought he was a racist. It was just a useful opportunity for the left to flex their muscle and destroy somebody's life, putting everybody... They don't do it because they really care about that individual. They do it because you see somebody's life... And this is the essence of cancel culture. It's not to destroy that random person who tweeted something out when they were in junior high and now suddenly it was discovered and everybody goes, get them, get them, they're a witch, burner. It's to put everybody else on notice. See what we did to that person? We didn't even know that person. That person had no following whatsoever. Imagine what we'll do to you if you step out of line. Learn your place. Shut your mouth. Not even have to, you don't have to toe the line. You just can't say anything in disagreement. That's why this whole thing works. So you can't expect these people to come up and look at a system based on merit and say, well, you know what? Maybe maybe we shouldn't imply that black kids aren't smart enough to do well on tests to get into college. And maybe we should, I don't know, raise the expectations. Raise the, uh, the bar a little bit of teachers. Try and get, inspire kids, right? You know, nobody ever see stand by me or stand and deliver or whatever the hell, lean on me and stand and deliver. I don't know. There's a couple of movies. True story movies of people who went into, or you can go with Dangerous Minds, which I don't think was a, a serious or a, a, a fact-based movie, but it was the same concept. It's amazing what kids can do when challenged and when expectations are put upon them. All right? Expectations. But I'll, I'll use a bit of a personal story. I was eh, okay as a student. If I was interested in the category and the topic, I could do really well. If I wasn't, I just I'd do enough, just enough to get by. Probably very similar to a lot of you. But I'll never forget it. I was in uh, algebra one with Mister. No, I was in geometry with Mister. Gerbach. The first card marking comes around. Mister. Gerbach called us up and showed us our grades, and I got a C plus. I had a C plus, and I was one point shy of a B minus. C plus was fine for me. Anything that was a, not a D, if I got a D, I was grounded for the entire card marking. I was in, grounded for six weeks. So my really my only goal in life was to not get a D. I got plenty of Ds, plenty of six week card markings where I was grounded. Um, but he shows me up, and he shows me, uh, calls me up, and he shows you know just my line of his grade, and it was a, a C plus. And I noticed it was one point shy of a B minus. And I also noticed that I didn't hand in the last homework assignment that was like two days earlier. So if I had just handed that in, I would have gotten a B minus. 
And I said to him, I said, he goes, yep, there you go. And I said, oh, I just missed it. He said, yep. And I said, what if I told you I was going to get an A? Next card marking. And he looked at me with all sincerity. He said, I don't think you can do it. It wasn't because I couldn't do it. It's because I just didn't do it. I just wasn't doing it. I didn't, I didn't show that I was willing to do the work. Well, I looked at that. Now, a lot of kids nowadays that need counseling, and oh, my God, they'd chopper in specialists from around the country and probably start transitioning me just because of uh, the, the heartbreak and, and sort of trigger warning that was missing there, and I'd be, trigger, I'd be a, a ball of jello crying in the corner. But I went and looked at him and said, you to hell with you. I had him for three more years of math, and I got nothing but A's. No, I, I ended up loving geometry. I'm a weirdo who loved the proofs. It was that it's kind of a logical thing. And I loved logical problem solving. And, and that was it. Uh, that was the what motivated me. If he'd have said, well, you know, good luck to you. Uh, I'll be rooting for you, kid. I probably wouldn't have bothered to try. But that challenge, you challenge me, you challenge a kid. Doesn't work for everybody. Nothing works for everybody. Some kids are just great from the beginning. They don't need to be challenged. They're better and smarter than the teacher. Other kids need to be challenged. I was one of them. You're not allowed to challenge kids anymore. You're not allowed to tell kids anything. Except that they're a victim. Oh, you're a victim. You're so put upon. Don't even bother trying. Society's going to screw you over. You're done. You're done for. Don't bother. And instead of addressing the inherent inequities and inequalities in the god-awful public education system, particularly in areas controlled by Democrats for generations, Democrats instead have moved on to another shiny object to distract from their horrible failures. This story from the and the media, of course, dutifully goes along with it. My God, they are the goodest dogs. I don't know what the budget is for milk bones for the Democratic National Committee, but it has to be right up there with salaries because they have to give out bones to these good dogs in the press continually. Associated Press headline, Affirmative Action for White People? Legacy college admissions come under renewed scrutiny. Let me ask you a question. How many black and brown kids are going to be helped by screwing over rich white kids? None? Do you think Ducky and Pretty and Pink went on to have a, a wonderful life because he stuck it to Blaine once? No. He might have. I hope Ducky did. But it had nothing to do with his feelings about Blaine. Or whoever. I don't even know what the James Slater character was. Well, he was the real uh, jackass in that movie. But you got to love it. We're going to go and screw over other people. Don't worry. Well, that's great. Get into a foot race with Usain Bolt. Who do you think is going to win? Who do you think? I'm six foot five. I got a long leg span, but I've never been fast. Put me on ice skates, I'm fast. Playing hockey for 15 years, but put me on on a track, forget it. Blech. Former smoker, losing weight but still overweight. I couldn't win a foot race against Usain, but let alone my mother. My mother only had one foot she had, when I was a kid. When she was alive, she only had one leg. She'd have probably beaten me in a foot race. She was quick with the crutches. Usain Bolt will blow it away. You know what's not going to make... I'm never going to beat Usain Bolt. He's a freak of nature and the fastest human being ever. But I could, I don't know, improve my time. He does the 100-meter dash in 
eight seconds or nine seconds or whatever the hell it is. I'll probably do it in 20, 25 seconds, something like that. I don't, maybe, I don't know. I haven't run 100 yards dashing forever, but I'm, I was, like I say, I was never fast. But you're not going to help me by making Usain Bolt run with 50-pound shoes on. You're not going to make me faster. You'll close the gap. Yeah, you might it might take 15, 18 seconds, something like that, to finish, get across the finish line. But you'll still be faster than me. And I won't go, all right, I almost beat Usain Bolt. You know what? Let's put 100-pound shoes on him, and I will be faster than Usain Bolt. Yeah, okay, great. But am I really faster than Usain Bolt? Because the real way to do that would be to train, to eat right, exercise, to concentrate, commit years and years to the effort, and then maybe you get somewhere close. Like I say, you're not going to beat Usain Bolt. He's a freak of nature. But conceptually, if you're trying to make a race more equal or more people more competitive in a race, you need to raise their game up. They need to work a little harder. They need to put some effort in. That's the only way to do it. You don't just immediately start being able to hit the curveball. You got to be able to get around on a fastball first, and then you got to not bail out on a curveball, and you got to be able to see the spin of the ball and hit it. Some people just can't do it. You can outlaw the curveball. Baseball will be populated with a whole bunch of people who can hit a fastball, but it won't be the best. The game won't be the same. Pitching will suck. Won't be very many perfect games of, uh, gee, I wonder if he's going to throw the fastball or the fastball. But that's the way the left looks at it. If we just slow down Usain Bolt, then he won't win by so much. Or we can make him lose. Well, making him lose doesn't make anybody better. There are people who smoke four packs a day. They get winded standing up. They climb up a flight of stairs and they need to take a break halfway up. Quit smoking is the message there. But you get up there and you go, well, somebody else can climb that flight of stairs with no problem. How about on their way up the stairs, we punch them right in the gut halfway up. That'll slow them down. And then they'll both be gasping for air. It'll be equal. Okay, yeah, the guy getting punched in the gut will take a little bit longer to get up the stairs. He'll be breathing heavy. He may be lying on the landing at the top of the stairs. And oh, he might even vomit a little bit if you hit him hard enough. That doesn't make the person smoking four packs a day healthy. Yet that's the Democrat solution to everything else. Associated Press, the next big fight over college admissions already has taken hold. And it centers on a different kind of minority group that gets a boost. Children of alumni. In the wake of the Supreme Court decision that strikes down affirmative action and admissions, colleges are coming under renewed pressure to put an end to legacy preferences, the practice of favoring applicants with family ties to alumni. Long seen as a perk for the white and wealthy, as it white and wealthy, and there's a lot of Asians who it really applies to everybody. I don't believe Cory Booker got into uh, Harvard or Yale because of merit. But they white and wealthy. That way, when you say, hey, wait a second, there's a whole bunch of non-white people who get, they go, yeah, but we said white and wealthy. So it doesn't matter. They just want it to be about one race in particular because the resentment serves Democrats' needs. That's the way it works. That's why it happens. Again, divide to 
conquer. Now, this Associated Press story continues. I, I just love this. Long seen as a perk for the white and wealthy. Opponents say it's no longer defensible in a world with no counterbalance and affirmative action of the idea of legacy. Like they're trying to shock people. Who who's in? Put up a AOC did this. She tweeted about this. We need to, the Supreme Court should have ruled on on legacy admissions. Okay, genius. Uh, that wasn't the case before the Supreme Court. I understand your inner fascist would very much like to see the Supreme Court just impose stuff on things. I know we weren't asked about this, but uh, no more blue cars. Let's just forget about the blue car. Wait, what? Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. We've declared it to be unconstitutional. That would be the leftist dream. That's their world. They just have a whole bunch of magical people in robes deeming their will to be law of the land. But that's not the way it works. AOC, though, is, believe it or not, as sad and as scary as the prospect is, she is a member of Congress. She could craft legislation. I'm not sure what she would base it on constitutionally if it were challenged, but she could say, hey, universities that receive any public money whatsoever, including student loans, anybody who attends there with student loans, which would be every university, you can no longer consider alumni or donations from parents and whatever to the university to be a factor in admissions. Now, who the hell's going to go, well, this is an outrage. My idiot son, I want him to attend the uh, university I went to. Nobody's going to stand up and do it. Maybe one or two random people would go out there, and they do it on principle. They say, well, this is an outrage. We have no business telling universities this. But as a concept, is there anybody going to, this is the hill I will die on. My idiot children should absolutely be able to go to the garbage university that I attended and I no nobody's going to do that, but they're not going to introduce that piece of legislation. I don't know if AOC is familiar with how the legislative process works, to be honest with you. So maybe nobody told her that she could introduce a bill saying this. But uh, the other ones out there could. One of these reporters could. Instead, you get stories like this: "Is we're going to try and stick it to the rich." Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. AP continues, President Joe Biden suggesting colleges should rethink the practice after the court's ruling, saying legacy preferences, quote, expand privilege instead of opportunity. End quote. Several Democrats in Congress demanded an end to the policy in light of the court's decision to remove race from the admissions process. See, the race part is about equality, and it was imposed by government. And they said, the government can't do that. The government shouldn't be in the business of doing that. Legacy is stupid and wild, but I'm not really sure what the basis of the government being involved in this would be. The best thing would be to just cut off these universities from public money. There you go. Problem solved, right? Now, they don't want that. They want the control. With money comes control, comes tentacles, comes influence, comes a whole bunch of left-wing administrators willing to do the government's business, even though it's not technically directly the government's business. It's the business of the people in power in government. One hand washes the other, and both hands pick your pocket. That's kind of how it works. But introduce a piece of legislation. Quote, let's be clear. Affirmative action still exists for white people. It's called legacy admissions. Representative Barbara Lee, a California Democrat, said on Twitter. I wonder where her kids went. See, because if you really want to talk about privilege... 
politician privilege. It doesn't really have a skin color. doesn't really have a gender identity or a sexual orientation. You think Hunter Biden got into universities based on merit? <laughs> that that guy did it. If they if Hunter Biden got into, I think he went to Harvard. If he got into Harvard based on merit and not his last name, I bet you his application letter came on United States Senate letterhead, just in case, just in case nobody knows. I just threw that in there, just in case. Do you think he was let in on merit? He's yes, he's the smartest guy that Joe Biden knows, and Jenny was the most loyal woman that Forrest Gump ever knew. Neither one is remotely true. It doesn't matter. I guess everything is relative in that sense. But do you think he got in? He didn't get, Joe didn't go to to Harvard. So it wasn't legacy. It was, my daddy is a senator. My daddy is a member of Congress. Well, Barbara Lee's kids, if she's got any, I don't know, and I don't care enough to look it up, would be able to get into anywhere in the California university system, public university system, good schools, or pretty much anywhere. If she made, Look, Barbara Lee can get anybody on the phone. Long-time Democrat, famous Democrat. She can do whatever she wants. And if you think, she, you think her kid or her niece or nephew or somebody comes up and says, hey, a donor's kid, I'd really like to go to, I don't know, Princeton. Do you think maybe you could call up the school and do you think barbara lee's gonna go well, i would never how dare you even suggest it you either sink or swim based on your merit my friend i will do no favor to you but make sure that you tell your father to max out to my campaign and give another 10 grand to my super PAC. okay do you really think any politician to have that conversation there isn't a single one on the face of the earth that would but spare me go ahead who's going to defend legacy go ahead knock yourself out it would require you to do something. It would require you to stop whining and actually do something. And that's its not what Democrats do. Not what they're known for. Along these same lines of this affirmative action, I just saw this on Twitter, Bette Midler. Bette, it's amazing to me how, you know, you always think, well, respect your elders. With age comes wisdom. Not necessarily. With age certainly comes the opportunity for wisdom. But in certain professions, particularly apparently in Hollywood, where there is, if you're making money, everybody's there to just line up and kiss your butt, and you don't have all you got to be able to do is write some trick and scratch on a on a uh, contract, and you'll be catered to, and nobody will ever tell you no. You can uh, grow old, not gracefully, and make a complete. F- I mean, you'll end up on the View if you're dumb enough. So I guess Bette Midler hasn't yet ended up on the View. So maybe she's not that dumb, but this might be her audition tweet for it. She tweeted out Saturday morning, quote, This Supreme Court will not rest until black people are back in chains, women are back in the kitchen, and gays are back in the closet. And as fast as they can, they vomit up these crazy pronouncements, snatching rights away we were given and have lived with for years, end quote. Bette Midler, star of movies that were filmed before most of you were born. Um, now, I love it. They can vomit up these crazy, these are cases, first of all, that made their way through the Supreme Court. It's not like the Supreme Court just woke up one day and, and Judge Roberts said, let's go after them gays. Eh? No. Also, it's terrifying how quick to embrace the idea of 
trampling on people's religious liberty these leftists are. They want to si- hate hate speech is not free speech. It's not protected. It's the only speech. Unpopular speech is the only speech that needs protection. Bet Midler can spew absolute stupidity. Just you know, ass asinine pronouncements at 120 characters or 240 characters, I guess, a, a day. She can do that easily, and nobody's trying to stop her. But they'll try and stop you practicing your religion. Strip clubs stayed open during COVID. Churches were forced to close. Why? Well, because one helps Democrat, or, well, Hunter probably made sure that that stayed open. And the other is more likely than not, although not uniformly for some weird reason, more likely than not to be populated by people who don't vote for Democrats. So you sit there, they're making these crazy pronouncements. No, there's there's a reason for it. People are free to not like you, Bet. You know, you know that hatred you feel for everybody who disagrees with you? They're allowed to return it. They're allowed to. But the best part of this is snatching rights away we were given and have lived with for years. Snatching rights away we were given. Um, rights are not given by government. Our constitutional rights. Read the Constitution, Bet. I know it's a, it's a multisyllabic word, so like searching for it on Amazon. You can find it for free online. Uh, it might be a little tough for you, but you just type in Constitution. It'll probably assume that you're talking about the Constitution of the United States of America, but search it out. Read it. The text is pretty easy to understand, but I get it. There's a bunch of gobbledygook in there about setting up the various branches of government. So maybe that's not your forte. You probably have somebody on staff who could explain it to you, but if they're on your staff, honestly, they probably wouldn't be able to explain it to you. So uh, just skip, skip to the end. Skip to the Bill of Rights, since you're so interested in rights being given to you. Skip to the Bill of Rights and, and just read it. And uh, any of them, you can start anywhere. The first 10 are technically the Bill of Rights, and you can go on and read the amendments after that, if, but I don't think you'd get it. But you read the, the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments. And you will discover that there is no granting of rights at all in any way, shape, or form. There is no granting of rights in the Bill of Rights, right? There just isn't. It's wildly inconvenient, very confusing to our leftist friends. They don't get this. <laughs> they really don't. Yeah, they believe that the Constitution, I have a constitutional right to this. I have a constitutional right to that. Okay, well, here's the First Amendment. They always say I have a constitutional right. They only care about parts of it. A constitutional right to freedom of the press. Constitutional right to protest, blah, blah, blah. They skip the religion part. They skip the free speech part when it's inconvenient for them. But the, the entirety of the First Amendment, See if you can spot where anything is granted to anybody. It says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. There's no granting of rights there. Nothing. It says Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of a religion or limiting all of these things, abridging. Wait a second. If Congress shall make no law, then before there was a Congress, implicit. I understand that's a big word, but weird concept. Again, maybe you can find somebody to, to read you in on this. 
the um, that means that it's it was there all along, right? It was there all along. Government can't mess with it. You have it. You were born with this. And government can't mess with it. Yeah, I know. It's weird, right? It's true. That's how our government was set up. It was not granting... Because a government that can grant you rights can take them away. There's literally no reason, no rational thought for a justification for saying you can't take away this right that you well no the right came from me the right came from government government can take away a right that was given that it gave to you if you accept the concept that government can and should give you rights then you have no real argument against government taking them away this is the people who scream this is what democracy looks like that's really what democracy would look like that's why democracy is so horrifying as a concept true democracy that's why the senate should not get rid of the filibuster why because then it just becomes a a more exclusive version of the house of representatives and so you just go, we're just going to ram things through. And you can end up without the filibuster, without with the power to limit government action, to, to really need something that's popular, some support, some bipartisan support, or at least an overwhelming support of the people through their elected officials. You could have massive, wild, single vote swings in policy back and forth, depending on which party controls Washington, D.C. And then you have a country that's absolutely in chaos. You have an absolute disaster. I understand that might not be that might not affect Bette Midler and her friends in their gated community. They live in they live in gated communities and then they live behind gates in their gated communities. The double gated communities and probably have like a helicopter at the ready just in case the peasants do break through the first gate. They don't have to try and drive past them. They can be airlifted out of there. But again, you can look at the text of the Constitution, and you see exactly what the Founding Fathers intended. It was designed, the document is designed to lay out expressly what the Constitution, what the federal government can do, what the purpose of the federal government is, and what it can't do. The Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Okay, there you go problem pretty unambiguous right but it's wildly ambiguous to people like bet midler she wants to be able to just take that away you can't take that away you can amend the constitution but you can't just will it away you can't just executive order it away and i'll say what do they say all the time well the founding fathers could not have envisioned today's guns well i don't know they're pretty good advances advancements in firearms the time of our founding fathers it's not that big of a stretch to think that maybe you people were already kind of experiencing experimenting with multiple firing weapons uh, taking that to the next logical step okay maybe maybe they didn't think of the uzi i'll give you that one maybe they didn't maybe they did but maybe they didn't we'll just pretend that they didn't But if that's your unit of measure, I guarantee you the Founding Fathers had an easier time envisioning and imagining automatic weapons than they ever would the Internet, than they ever could television or radio. So then would you agree that if 
your interpretation of the Second Amendment, since these weapons didn't exist at the time, this doesn't apply there. Would you then agree that the First Amendment, since these technologies didn't exist then and could not have been envisioned then, that the First Amendment would not apply to those platforms as well? Actually, scarily, Democrats might agree with that. Democrats would agree that the government has the ability to shut down speech, to shut down television, radio, and the Internet and control what is disseminated on that under one very specific and express condition, that they're the ones who get to make the decision. Under those circumstances, they're down with it. They're down with it. The problem for them is that whole voting thing. Ugh, right? Am I right? Democrats, of course I'm right. So you sit there and you watch this situational principles. And if you have situational principles, you don't have principles at all. And if you're out there with Bette Midler going, they're snatching away rights that they're giving. Well, if the government gives you rights and the government can take them away, the government can take them away. You have no business whatsoever in whining about it. Now, if you're actually, she lives out in California, I believe, ironically, which twice, count it two times, has voted to ban affirmative action in the state. Twice. Twice. They also voted overwhelmingly to ban gay marriage, the only time they were given a chance to vote on the issue. Should the, you ready to live by that? You want democracy? You want popular opinion? You want whatever? You want government to grant rights and take rights away? or what? The people make up the government, right? At least for now. I mean, Democrats would love to have ruling elite do that because they consider themselves to be elite. So where do you fall on these things? Bet she's never going to be asked that. She'll never respond to anything. She runs away screaming with her fingers in her ears going, la, 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 I'm not going to listen to you because she's incapable of debate or discussion. If you notice that the left is really incapable of debate or discussion anymore, it's because they don't engage in it. You don't exercise a muscle, it atrophies. You don't exercise your brain in a challenging discussion where your assumptions and your desires are challenged in any way, shape, or form. You won't be able to do it anymore. You can qualify to sit on a, a a panel with Chris Hayes over at MSNBC and be a bobblehead doll in the dashboard of the family truckster going down a bumpy road going, yep, yep, absolutely. I agree. I agree. And you can engage in the one-upsmanship that the left does. That's all they seem to do. But in general, you, you cannot debate anymore. You end up with, uh, your, well, there's the point. I just made the point. What's your counterpoint? You're a racist. You're a, you're an istophobe or a phobstaist or whatever. I don't know. Nobody should listen to this guy. Hey, uh, well, that's a very valid point. Bette Midler, I don't mean to pick on you. You just make it so damn easy, and you deserve it. That's about enough for today, I think. Even though i got more recordings, but I'll save them for tomorrow. That is the actual holiday. I hope you're doing something awesome for it. Happy birthday, America. We'll be back tomorrow, and I'll, do the, uh, I'll play the traditional... Fourth of July, bunch of celebrities reading the entirety of the Declaration of Independence on tomorrow's show, too. Because that buys time. It's good. It's good stuff. Anyway, have a, a great one. I'll see you back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening. <laughs>